welcome to Life After Sunday, a podcast ministry of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. I'm Ed Petty, along with Aaron Allen. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, doing great. Awesome. And as always, well, I say as always, a lot. As, as sometimes. As sometimes, mm. and a lot lately, we have our pastor, yeah. Darren Biles. How are good. you doing, pastor? I'm good, thank you. And 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 I noticed if there's a little tone with the a lot lately I've been here, is that maybe <clears throat> I'm worn out my welcome? Uh, no, no, not at all. Somebody's got to pick up the slack with Aaron here. Okay. I mean, come on. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. And we have, do have a special guest today. And Darren, I'm going to let you introduce mm. our special guest. All right. So we have a special guest. So I want you guys to be on your best behavior. David Galvan is here. And uh, Brother David and his wife, Elvia, joined our church very recently. And he has an amazing history. We're very blessed for them to be a part of our church family, pastored for a number of years at New Life and has also done some work with our state convention, has been a trustee of the seminary at Southwestern, and also uh, done some work with Criswell College. And so, Brother David, we're just delighted that you're here, grateful to the Lord. You're part of our church family, so welcome here this morning. Glad to be here. All right. We're so Glad excited to, be to have yes. you here, Thank brother, you. on this podcast. And let's just get, we're going to spend some time here first, just getting to know you a little bit. So tell a bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up and where you're from. Well, let me give you the short version. I am the son of a Methodist minister okay. who served uh, 25 years in Mexico and 17 in the U.S. And uh, I'm the fifth of, um, of, the, of the children. I was the youngest. And uh, I was the rebellious kid that, uh, that decided to, uh, a PK doesn't need to follow the godly instructions. So you were the stereotypical PK. Yes, that was me. <laughs> now, of course, I've always said... I never rebelled against my father, but I did rebel against the father in heaven. Uh-huh. My dad on earth or my mom would not have allowed me, but I, you know, got away with a bunch of stuff. Sure. But uh, it's interesting. And talking about Asbury, we don't want to bring it up too much. Right. But uh, as I think about it, it really was uh, one of the young men that came out of the 1970 Asbury revival, preaching in uh, Mission, Texas, where I heard the gospel or rather understood it. For the first time, and whatever he preached that day and illustrated it in a football game, um, Romans 3.23, even though I made some emotional attempts at coming to faith in Jesus, it didn't really happen until I was 24. I was then married. I um, left South Texas because uh, I had uh, graduated from Pan American University, and I was uh, going to go into teaching, but uh, teaching didn't pay well at all. I think when I came back to the Valley, uh, South Texas, I was getting paid $400 a month. Mm. And so El Chico Corporation uh, in Dallas had 72 restaurants at that time. They were paying 600 for an assistant manager. So I thought, I better go to Dallas. So I came to Dallas as a lost person with my wife and um, ended up uh, opening a brand new restaurant on uh, I-10, uh, going from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana to to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and um, and interesting in the mi- in the middle of the heat of the charismatic movement, uh, Jimmy Swaggart was taking off oh, wow. right there on seventy two. Well, on seventy four, there I am, one beautiful March April date, and I'm uh, opening the restaurant somewhere at a ten. And out of nowhere, and of course, I know it's my mom and dad that were praying for me, but uh, man, Romans 3.23, which was the sermon of the kid in Mission, Texas, 
began to ring and it really bombarded me all day. And I was so scared. By the end of the day, I just thought, you know, Galvan, if you don't receive Jesus, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. wow. And I got home at 5.30 in the afternoon and said to my wife, you know what, honey, let's find a church. And she found a church. And we went by the name. We didn't know what it was. It was called the People's Church. And I thought, well, that's where we belong. And uh, sure enough, it was a full gospel Pentecostal church. Oh, wow. But I'm not, uh, you know, ashamed. That's what God used to save my soul. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got saved. And, of course, it had everything at that time, uh, the speaking in tongues, the prophecy. It didn't have all of the other more contemporary things that we would find out later. But uh, we were just there for a season. And then we went back, started teaching, and took my uh, Pentecostal uh, confusion with me. And uh, right there within the first uh, few months um, of uh, teaching in uh, Mercedes, Texas, and then in Ed Council. So are you familiar with uh, James uh, Robinson? Robinson? Yes, sir. James Robinson? Yes. Um, well, he was doing some open-air crusades, and uh, I got to take a bunch of kids. So prior to that, or about that time, right there at the lunch hour while I was teaching, I didn't want to go to the teacher's lounge because it was full of smoke and it was full of bad words and cutting down kids. So I said, you know, I'm going to stay in my room, and uh, I had received Christ in Baton Rouge, so mm -hmm. I'm going over a passage there, and James had nothing to do with it, but out of nowhere, I just began to conclude this is an awful life. If, if, if knowing Jesus is supposed to be cool and we're completing Christ, well, uh, this is not going to happen. I had had a terrible morning with seventh graders. You know, it's almost like uh, taking care of a nursery uh, mm -hmm. at that time. <laughs> and uh, so I said, what can I do? What can I do? And I remembered Billy Graham. And boy, I remember even preaching cleaning my dad's church there at 14 with a broom and started preaching. I mean, I, my best evangelistic sermons were preached right there. You know, I would come out of their horse because I had preached so much at the age wow. of 14, and I was lost. Right. So anyway, I just thought, you know what? I, I think that my happiest moment would be just to be a preacher. No one, no one said a pastor. No, no. No, no, you don't want to be a pastor. I just want to be a preacher, so I mm -hmm. thought I'll be an evangelist. But, you know, the Lord brought us to uh, Dallas. I ended up in a Dallas Bible college that has since closed right across the street from Eastfield College. Oh, cool. And uh, they were the little brother of uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. Mm -hmm. mm. And, uh, boy, did they straighten out my theology. Whoa, that was rough. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I had a class there. That was called uh, Church Dynamics, and I uh, had to uh, do a report on four different churches. So I three, visited three different Bible churches, and then I thought, you know, I don't know anything about the Baptists. I think I'll go to First Baptist Dallas. Mm -hmm. And boy, unforgettable, um, Dr. Criswell was preaching on Acts chapter 4 and 12. Wow. And, I, and I went with, uh, with the criticism from the Bible churches that, uh, you know, the Baptists win people for Jesus— but then they had to uh, teach him God's word. Uh -huh. And I thought, whoa, this man is totally expositional, teaching God's word and, and a powerful evangelistic invitation. And then it was then that he said, we're opening up a master's program here uh, next year. And uh, that kind of, you know, 
went uh, right over my head. And unfortunately, I had already finished college, but I was in a BA school. And I thought, wow, this missionary guy brought me here. It didn't bring me to the right place. But really, really, he did. Mm-hmm. I did 32 hours there and had to get my, my theology straightened out. Not, not just from being a Methodist, but from, from being a Pentecostal. Pentecostal, or, uh-huh. uh, Even though I wasn't there that long. But um, so the funniest thing, though, is that I'm, uh, I've decided after that one year, um, that I'm going to seminary and I'm going to Southwestern and I'm going to Fort Worth. And so I made the strangest mistake of uh, thinking that all the Baptists get, got along. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this was 1976. Mm-hmm. So I stopped by the Criswell College and I said, listen, I am on my way to uh, Southwestern in Fort Worth and so I need to know how to get there. And I didn't have a map school, you know, that you had to have, right. you had, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron, you had to have a map school. Do you, you know used what, you those know, map schools, you, didn't you, Aaron? Did you, did you sure, yeah, let's, okay, let's, so let's, let's I just go. I wasn't sure. I don't want to be the odd man now. I'll just say yes. Yeah, right. just nod your head and say yes. Aaron doesn't know what a map school is. <laughs> uh, so so I, I didn't know. have one. So I said, I just need the address. I just need to know how to get there. Uh-huh. And and the gr- look, girl looked at me real puzzled and she said, so why did you come here? I said, well, you're a Baptist school. They're a Baptist school. So, and she said, no, no, wait. There's a professor here by the name of Luis Palau. Mm. I thought he was Hispanic. That guy was a Filipino. <laughs> He's already with, with, with the Lord, you know. And so before you know it, by the way, I told my wife, would you wait right here five minutes? Let me go get the address. I'll be uh-huh. right back. So an hour and a half later, oh, yeah. I came out and my <laughs> wife just wondered. She knew I was in there somewhere. And I said, <laughs> you you're kidnapped. not going to believe it. With no transcript, I'm already enrolled. So nice. that's how wow. it ended up at the Criswell College and, you know, it really became something, um, wow, wouldn't, wouldn't have, you know, planned it so you except went, God's way. So what was it, you said you uh, were going to be a teacher, so you're already going to college or you already had a bachelor's degree? I already had a, ba- a BA, was uh, uh, teaching, uh, teaching junior high, d- yeah. taught junior high okay. English two years, and then, okay. uh, and and then, then it came to the Criswell College, did wow. a BA program first, uh-huh. and then yeah. did that work, and... Then I went to Southwestern hoping to get a PhD, and the guy uh-huh. told me, no, well, the school's not accredited, so you'll have to start over. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I put my kids to enough. So that's why mm. I never was go, able gotcha. to go back. Mm. Now, gotcha. you were at Criswell the same time that David Allen was there. Actually, David Allen had graduated the year before All right. with, a, with a BA, and now I'm coming into the master's program at uh, Criswell College, and so I knew David because he would come and visit. All right. Yeah, he had left oh. his heart in San Francisco. Yeah, he had his left, had left <laughs> or his Rome, heart Georgia. In, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, And so he would come, and that's where I met him. And then you know who would know that we'd become such a good friends that we wow. served as trustees at the Criswell College, and I'm sorry, at uh, Southwestern. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. So, right. so in your conversion story. You said you went back to your wife and you said, we need to find a church. What Was your wife already a believer at that point? Or? No. So no, how, I, pulled well, how her. Was? I managed, as a good religious Methodist, uh-huh. I managed to pull her out of the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so now we got two lost people out here going to church. <laughs> and so, believe it or not, she got saved uh, before me. Because yeah. when I started going to church, by the second week, we, a, a little uh-huh. friend from the restaurant right. that was really uh, someone God used took wow. us to his Assembly of God Church. So mm-hmm. she received Christ and was baptized the same night at okay. the Assembly of God there wow. in Baton Rouge. And then 
She, she, I don't think she's being truthful. She said, I took about a month and a half later. I, I, I thought, I thought it was more like a week later, but who knows? You know. no, she was waiting. That's all she knew. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. Was. But I got saved. Amen. And uh, so it was good. You know, but I walked away speaking in tongues, so, you know, yeah. so, so I thought, because I well, had a, you got to the whole experience, experience. that. And sometimes yeah. just uh, the experiences that we get in, yeah. in our Christian walk yeah. is, is very but valuable. in order to be able to, to give that testimony with sound, some uh, soundness, mm-hmm. you know, it took uh, it took a good five years, mm-hmm. and then finally I was able to just let it rip, and then mm-hmm. and then finally, you know, after I put together a discipleship program that we've used for mm-hmm. twenty odd years or thirty, um, when when I when I realized that one little lady was not picking up, then I was uh, t- telling Doctor Biles of the, a message. I, I I thought, you know what. I've, I've already taught this enough and people should get it. So I finally preached a message and still mm-hmm. on, still on YouTube. It's uh, is it, it's entitled the, um, the uh, Pentecostal and charismatic uh, deception mm-hmm. or, or rather the opposite way, the, mm-hmm. the deception of the Pente- Pentecostal yeah. charismatic movement. So it's in English and Spanish in case Aaron, you want to speak, uh, hear it in Spanish. It's, it's oh yeah. Well, Spanish. <laughs> I'm doing my own commercial. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned that uh, you were teaching, but you thought, you know, this is not what I want to do. Exactly when did you feel like God was calling you to preach? Oh, it was right there on that Monday. Yeah. yeah. I was doing the devotional. And really, it wasn't such so much that audible voice of God. Mm-hmm. It's just that that convincing gut feeling that Bizarre. I just thought, where could I be yeah. happy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where could I be happy? Because this is awful. Mm-hmm. And And right there, I said, you know what? Even before I got saved. I wanted to be a preacher, mm-hmm. or I wanted to be an evangelist. Right. <laughs> it's interesting that you talked about that you were when you were cleaning the church as a teenager, and yet you were preaching and and weren't even saved, and yet. That's and that's it. a lesson for a lot of parents on, you know, from the womb, teach the kid God's word, and and the hymns and 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 all the Bible stories, mm-hmm. and uh, it's there, mm-hmm. and it's gonna yeah. flow eventually in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, my, um, and I know obviously you guys know it, but our youth pastor, uh, John Petty, is actually my son, and that's a similar story with him. I don't know if you guys know that. He actually knew he wanted to be a teacher early on, and then finally one day, he, I remember he came to me, he goes, Dad, God's called me to preach. And I was like, okay, great. He goes, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. It's just I need to teach the Bible, yeah, right. wow. not school. Yeah. And so, so very similar story. What? How were your? How did your parents react when they, were they still Ah, uh, good one. Good one. I, when I, you called them and said, told, guess what? I've I'm going to be a preacher. This, I've told this story a few times <laughs> so simply because it's got its own <laughs> level of, uh, of, uh, of humor. Yeah. Um, on that Monday, it was lunch. And I knew, I walked out of that. I'm, I know where I, what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. So I get home that afternoon and my Methodist dad said, uh, son, there is a, 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 a revival uh-huh. going on in the Methodist church in San Juan, Texas. Uh-huh. And you know, if anyone knows San Juan, San Juan is known for the, the idol of San Juan that's there and people do pilgrimages to okay. San Juan, Texas, or hmm. they go to San Juan de los Lagos in Mexico. But it, this was the Methodist church. And so I walked in this little, little bitty church, maybe, maybe 25, 30 people there. And I asked the, the, the Methodist pastor, I said, hey, uh, listen, uh, do you have anybody singing a special today? And he said, no. I said, could I sing? And he said, sure. And I took my sister to just sit on the piano and play whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I said, hey, Alpha, you remember the song, Nada Se Sobre el Futuro? I, uh, you remember the song, uh, uh, No One Knows About My Future, About The Future? And I said, she said, well, could you go over it? Because I'm going to sing it today. I'm going to sing it tonight. And uh, so it speaks about the fact that you don't really know about tomorrow, uh-huh. but you know 
you know, if I think about an English song, but you know who holds your hand. So uh -huh. it's, it's, it's another theme. Yeah. But nevertheless, I got up and I said, um, I want to sing this song because today at noon, the Lord called me to preach. Now, you know, my dad was sitting there. My mom was sitting there. My wife was sitting there. And my sister in the piano. No one shouted. No one said, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Zero. You know what? They were either dumbfounded or yeah. they just thought, well, they get over it. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Let me let me see if I understand this correctly. You'd never been in that church before? Never. Okay. okay. I'm just picturing somebody walking in, a guest yeah. in a church. I'm going to sing this morning. I'm going to sing. They were probably a little evening. baffled. Yeah, this Monday, Monday morning, Monday night. Wow. Yeah. So That's, now when he shows up on Sunday, I may just look down yeah. and say, hey, Brother David, would you come just sing come special sing. for us? So now, just to throw in another another commercial for the glory of God, but uh, I finished 40 years at New Life, uh -huh. and so I, uh, I, I did a farewell message. Mm -hmm. And then I said, but you know what? The day God called me to preach, I sang this song, so let me. Let oh, me wow. sing it today. So thereafter, I, preached, it. I have a, I had a, yeah, I have to, That's after awesome. I had preached for a good little while and no, no tears, you know, uh -huh. it was just, uh, God, God told me to get out of here. And so I'm going to get out. But before I leave, let me sing again. Nada se sobre el futuro. Wow. That's, de that's an awesome yeah. book in there to, to, to your ministry there. Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about your family. Tell a little about your wife and, uh, kids. My wife, I met uh, when we were f both 15. Mm -hmm. We were, I was in high school. She was in junior high because of, of, of her um, birth date. Mm -hmm. And um, we got married um, 50 years ago last um, October 26th. Wow. So we celebrated wow. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Four children. We might have one in heaven. You know how it is when you're a kid and yeah. you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So she might have had a, a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. So we, it's possible we'll we'll find out if we have another another mm -hmm. baby in heaven. Mm -hmm. But we have four four kids, and they uh, the first daughter has eight. Wow! Uh, because I I preached on it. You know I'm I'm guilty. You know that <laughs> a man that's uh, happy as the man that has his quiver full. I, I preached it about four or five times so that people could could get with the program. Yeah, right. And uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Then Aaron, my Aaron's catching up. <laughs> my second daughter. <laughs> Hashtag goals there for you, Aaron. Emma's <laughs> gonna listen to this, so no comment on that. You never know. That's, that might be why the Lord brought me here. <laughs> he's he's halfway there, David. Yeah, yeah, I am halfway. So my second daughter um, is a beautiful girl, but you know she put her standards up too high. I, I, I sat her down a few times and I said, "You need to do you you, you need to adjust." I don't think you're gonna find that perfect guy. Uh, so she got married two weeks before she was 40 and wow. God allowed her. I was hoping that she would get pregnant on that first night, you know, uh -huh. honeymoon night. Yeah. And uh, so God gave her a little baby. And wow. then when she lost a few, then uh, uh, God allowed her to adopt two, two little girls. Oh, nice. And wow. so from the same mother. Uh -huh. And uh, then my, my third daughter was a uh, uh, machine in Jordan and she has three and uh, their, their middle child uh, was special. And so they had to leave mm -hmm. the, the mission field, okay. and he's still working with the IMB as a, a, a business uh, missions, mm -hmm. and so they live in North Fort Worth because of the little guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, my my son, who is now a pastor in an uh, elder or uh, worship leader in Midland, he has oh, yeah. he has three, mm -hmm. uh, but we've got one in heaven that mm -hmm. uh, yeah. just went to be with the Lord, mm -hmm. Ruthie Lou. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's been good. Wow, Amen. lots of grinks. So seventeen right. children and one in one in heaven. Ooh, wow, man, yeah. 
Busy, busy. Yeah. That's fun. Do you ever have them all in the same house? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's fun. But holidays are fun. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. My my aunt and uncle have 10 grandkids of their own. And so whenever we go there for Thanksgiving, it's you're looking at 30, 40 people in the house. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it a is. lot of fun. I love it. And my house is smaller. Yeah. So every time we still do stuff, they want to do it at their house. So they got larger right. houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I told them at Christmas, guys, come over. Come over. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Love it. What we're going to do now is let's shift gears a little bit, and we're going to kind of just ask you some questions about you. These are fun facts that we've asked a lot of our staff members here. So let's start with the first one. And Aaron, this is the most controversial right. one. I'm going to yeah. let you ask it. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So pizza, you like pizza? Oh, yes. Great. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? Sometimes. There but I goes. prefer pepperoni. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. So I I remember that being my answer. This is a very important question and, and some of our staff have gotten it wrong. And so I'm I'm helping helping them think through the value of peanut butter on most every substance and pineapple (laughs) on pizza. And so it's a, it's a, it's a long journey. I'm trying to help my staff mature in their, in their eating habits. So pineapples on pizza is a good answer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, it's it's not a bad thing. I don't do pineapple on pizza, but as we found out not too long ago, that (laughs) this man right here, Dr. Darren Biles (laughs) likes peanut butter on his pizza. Ah. Well, not on pizza, but I probably would. Oh, okay. (laughs) Wait, in place of tomato sauce or with tomato sauce on there? You think you would do that? Oh, I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've had peanut butter on hamburgers. Does that count? Oh, that is different. Do you do it on pancakes? Yes. Oh, John, yeah. John I don't have pancakes without peanut butter. Yeah, we were in IHOP I put on my one waffles. time and he shocked yeah. me. Oh, waffles wow. with peanut butter oh, change your life. Oh, my goodness. I, I have never tried that. I'll, I'll, need to, I'll need to look into it. Waffles with peanut butter and honey instead of syrup is good, too. <laughs> okay. All we right. got off track. We, sorry. Yeah, I just, wow, no. I'm, we didn't get off track. I'm I just, hungry. I'm, I'm not hungry <laughs> now. Maybe we should go to lunch after this. I was. Not now. Do you have a favorite sports team? I don't. I, I'm I'm sorry. You're not a sports guy? No, sports That's okay. Guy. Sorry. That's, right. That's okay. Yeah. Can you see what Ed's is? And, and I had to confess my sins <laughs> to some Rangers. chapel I just spoke to and said, by the way, guys, I've not had the chance to see the Super Bowl. So yeah, I think right. I, I think I know the score though. I think but I don't ask me now. Yeah. Who who won? Do you know who won? The Chiefs. Okay, good. Right. That's that's all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the Eagles uh, didn't win, that's all we care about. Amen to that. Right? Uh do you have a favorite breakfast food? A favorite breakfast food, mm-hmm. gosh, I guess it would be uh, probably what I prepared this morning. I just, you know, what was it? myself and I put all kinds of stuff in there. Oh, you just, just throw it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So just eggs and everything, all kinds of onions, stuff. tomatoes, yeah. mushrooms, and spinach, and egg. Just a big omelet. Wow. You just yeah, yes. put it on big a big omelet. Yes. I love it. Wow. All, right. All right, there you go. Simple guy. Very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. simple it. guy. If you could sit down with any uh, one person in the Bible, who would it be, and what would you discuss with them? Oh wow, that is a hard one. You know, I guess the Apostle Paul would be mm-hmm. at the top. You know, yeah. Daniel would be an interesting guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know. There's so many different yeah, ones. Many, yeah. yeah. So many different ones. I preached a whole series in Moses, so that was in, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you so, have a on that do yeah. you have a favorite book that you like to preach out of? We obviously know that that Pastor is kind of an Old Testament guy, loves David. Mm-hmm. Great uh series he just wrapped up and, and preaching about David. Um do you have a, a particular book that you like to preach out of more than I don't know that it's a 
particularly favorite, but one of the ones that I really hold dear is Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good one. Such a special church. Yeah. yeah. And then they kind of messed up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. You lost your first love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Man, don't want to hear those words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than the Bible, um, we'll, we'll just take the Bible off, off the table for, for now, for a minute. Uh, what what book has most influenced your life? Oh, I I have to think about that one because yeah. there, it's a seasonal thing, you know. Yeah, it's a seasonal thing. Yeah, I, I there I was it. there was a there was a point there where prayer was was mm-hmm. so big, mm-hmm. and I picked up from just a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know what's fascinating about that question? They've asked that question to all my staff. Not yeah. one of them has said my book. <laughs> Never thought about I read that. Read the pastor's book and it changed my life. <laughs> Not one staff member uh, said that. Yeah. Well, but if they came on Wednesday nights, they would just have heard your whole book anyway. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay, so there's a great story about Ephesus. So you know when when Paul first at work goes to Ephesus and has that emotional experience in Acts mm. 14, and then you have Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, and then when you get to Revelation chapter one. The Lord says, you've left your first love. And so there's a season where they're a loving church, and then there's a season where they lost their first love. And then in the early uh, second century, Ignatius, who was a, yeah. a, one of the early church fathers, wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus mm-hmm. and essentially says, you've regained your first love. Mm-hmm. So there's a cycle there where they're a loving church with the Apostle Paul. Something happened. We don't know what happened after Timothy's ministry there, they lost their first love, and then somehow the Lord restored that. And, and it's, a, it's a great picture of, of, of God's grace that, that you see there in the church in Ephesus, but maybe the picture of how God works in our lives. Mm. Yes. And, you know, the, the impressionable thing is when you go to Ephesus and you realize how idolatrous mm. that city was. And to see the example of a church yeah. where that's just surrounded by so much mm-hmm. idolatry. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Was there a moment in your life that uh, maybe a frightening time or where God really just helped get you through that moment in life? Probably the, the, the one that's at the top of the list would be uh, when I was in my last two years at the Criswell College. Mm-hmm. I was 29. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I found out that I had cancer, a tumor, Mm -hmm. a cancerous tumor. And um, so there was a lot of faith involved there Mm -hmm. because I had no insurance, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how God just opened doors. But I remember being in bed and they had just removed the, the cancer. And the doctor came in and said something that, you know, really, that's why... Doctors need to take a little more, uh, what is it, ethics classes. Like or, bedside manner kind of thing. You know, yeah. com- a little more compassionate. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't word it the right way. He said, well, we took out the cancer and uh, we're going to have it uh, examined in the lab. Mm-hmm. But we'll tell you tomorrow how much it has spread. Mm. Oh, wow. And I thought, whoa. At first he thought, well, you're like, I, I thought, thought you he'd got say it. it was contained. Yeah, I thought right. you got now it. Now right. he's telling we got me it, all. it yeah. spread all over. And, uh, you know, there, f- I, I mean, really, I, it just, I took a drop big time and, uh, and I just needed something to comfort me, something mm-hmm. to lift me up. And it's amazing. 
And that's where I go now, now to my King James Bible, because that's mm. what I had. Mm. I had my Schofield King James in the yeah. Bible. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I, and I pulled it out, and I just, for some strange reason, I don't know if it was where I was in my reading, but Psalm 71 and verse 1 just uh-huh. made the entire difference. Wow. wow. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've compared it with other translations, and I've thought, you know what? It had to be the King James that day, because mm-hmm. these other translations wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Right. But that translation said, I called unto the Lord, I and to the Lord I called, and he heard my cry. Yeah. That's awesome. Amen. And I said, that, that's, you know what? That's all I needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Just wow. to know that God Amen. had heard my prayer. That Praise was it. The Lord. Amen. Absolutely. It was forward from, forward from there. Uh, so as a kid, what were some of your favorite things to do? As a kid? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love cars. Yeah? Do you really? Yeah. So I wanted to be a, a, a car car racer. Race car Really? Driver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like you NASCAR? Know, yeah. Yeah, wow. Man, the Indianapolis 500, mm-hmm. I would never miss it. That's why wow. when he said Perry, so, I said, Perry, whoa, I know Perry from way back. You oh, know? so you right, are a sports Perry? guy. Yeah, well, in, just that, in that side. Yeah, yeah. just racing. Do you like Formula I, One? Yes. Oh, I love those. And, yeah. and of Look course, that. that you know, drew me into cars and yeah. and working on cars, and that's how I was in the fire explosion because I was working on a on a motor and uh, and uh, couldn't find uh, uh, na- na- nafta. Is it nafta or what does it call it? Fuel? Nafta, they call it nafta. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was don't a, know. it's a lesser uh, uh, flammable in, uh, fluid, uh-huh. and I couldn't find it there in South Texas in Harlingen, where my dad was a pastor and. And I needed to work on a car, so I couldn't. So I just went and bought a, a, a gallon of gasoline. Wow. And I was, you know, meticulously cleaning all the parts. And uh-huh. I didn't realize that the church parsonage, uh, the, 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 the concrete, flowed towards the, the back where the water heater was. Oh, wow. And that thing exploded and uh, sent me to the hospital for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. I was wow. 21 years of age. Wow. wow. Yeah. But anyway, I was working on a car. Wow. wow, there you see, go. See, to fun. use point, you do like sports. Do you still yeah. follow racing now? Not, not as much. Not, not, not that much. much. Not as much. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. That's okay. Cool. So let's shift gears a little bit now and talk about what you're doing here in Sunnyvale and the ministry that you are starting. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, this is exciting because, you know, I, uh, I'm i not uh, the type to sit around. And so as soon as I left uh, New Life on December 31st of 21, I asked the Lord, Lord, all right, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And um, so, um, you know, I just made maybe one or two calls or two emails, and, and that go, didn't go anywhere. And I said, okay. So I said, well, I'm going to go check out my son that was out southeastern. Mm-hmm. So I went and stayed out there all of February. But I have a good friend out there that was a missionary in Mexico City. And I said to William Ortega, hey, man, I'm coming to your part of the country. Uh, find out if there's any church that need help, need a conference. I got all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, sure enough, I, I preached about five churches out there. So, anyway, just preaching everywhere. Then, all of a sudden, a Methodist church, United Methodist Church, uh, my roots, r- r- from my own town mm-hmm. when I was 10, mm-hmm. uh, just in the, in, again, in the sovereignty of God, uh, here's a church that uh, wants to disaffiliate from the Methodist Church and wants to know if I can help him. And I went in there. So I was there from August until February. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I I was uh, attending here and just thinking, you know, I wish I I could start a work here, but I don't want to take the initiative. I just want to be sure sure that it's from the Lord. And one day, on Wednesday after the study, uh, Dr. Biles walked straight up to me and he said, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about starting a work here in mm-hmm. a Hispanic 
and I wanted to see if you would be the pastor. And I said, man, you're on the same page. We're on the same page. Wow. You were so, thinking it. Yeah, he was wow. thinking it. Yeah. So I just said, hey, Raymondville uh, Methodist Church, I got to go, man. Um, <laughs> wow. Move in this direction. So anyway, we are um, looking at a totally different model. You know, mm -hmm. there's been different models for uh, church starts of this type. And um, uh, it turns out that it might not be that exciting uh, from a denominational standpoint mm -hmm. because we're not falling into what they would call a new church plant. Mm -hmm. But it is. But again, it's a, a matter, a matter of, of perspective. Mm -hmm. So in this case, what I did at New Life was I did English and Spanish for, you know, 39 years mm -hmm. because we had to have, we ha we, you have to have it. And so everybody needs to understand that just because a person looks Hispanic or speaks Spanish mm -hmm. does not mean that he speaks Spanish mm -hmm. or that he prefers Spanish. So in this case, then, we're coming to start a Hispanic work. Mm -hmm. And in essence, it's not a mission. It's a church within a church. Right. So I'm looking for the name, and it's really a Hispanic church in the church, or rather, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. it's a Hispanic work, or his, it's a Hispanic ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the exciting thing is that now I can invite the uh, fifth generation Hispanic that is here mm -hmm. that by now has lost his Spanish. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, I just, you know, talked to one of your church members last night, mm -hmm. and he says, brother, no, 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 just don't put me to read uh, Spanish. I can speak it, but mm -hmm. that's it. Right. And so, boy, that's so, so normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so mm -hmm. we understand that. So my thought is to receive the Hispanic family into mm -hmm. the church and to just ask them, all right, who needs it all in Spanish? Go that way. Who <laughs> needs it English? Hey, you got kids? In, at New Life, yeah. mm -hmm. all the years I was there, all the children's classes, all the youth classes mm -hmm. and singles classes are all in English. Wow. And the only difference is when we get that single mm -hmm. that is uh, first generation, mm -hmm. and then we say, all right, we've got a single Spanish for you. But here, um, we've got it. So if uh, you know you need, you need Spanish, just come, come this way. So we'll, we're going to start. And, of course, uh, Dr. Biles asked me this, and I said, no, no, I want to start with what, what, what we're going to do. Yeah. So we're going to start with the, uh, with the Sunday school mm -hmm. at 9. And since I wrote a, a five-month uh, mm -hmm. discipleship, so we're going to start with that start with mm -hmm. for Sunday school. Yeah. And then we're going to have the worship service. So I need wow. a guitarist. I need a drummer. Yeah. I need, you know, music. What I'm hearing, and this is what, one of the things that, that I love, is that, again, you're not starting a completely different church. It's like, come here. We're going to have something for everybody. Yeah, yes. right. Whereas, you know, you talk about, we've talked about on this podcast before, when you walk into a church and it's like, uh, it's it's when we had uh, the pastor of Friendship yes, Baptist right. Church. Yeah, Caleb. And he, Caleb. And he was talking about walking in and, and as an mm -hmm. African-American, the first thing he looks for is, is there an African-American here? Yeah, right. Um, who looks so, like me? Right, and who can exactly. I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so what I'm hearing is that we're going to have something for everybody. And it's yeah. like, oh, you, you don't speak English? Guess what? We've got a, we've got yeah. something for you. Yeah, right. That's what's amazing. Yeah, we yeah. want to serve awesome. and minister in every mm -hmm. way possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is one of those things that I just see as, as providential, the timing. I don't believe in coincidences anyway. <laughs> but the fact mm -hmm. that the Lord just providentially brought Brother David to, to our church mm -hmm. 
at a time when we were already praying about beginning a Hispanic work. Mm-hmm. And and so I just see this as the hand of the Lord. And, and uh, interestingly, I was talking with our director of missions. We're in Dallas Baptist Association. And so I called Ryan Jesperson, uh, a man I respect, and, and we work with DBA and and I said, well, we're praying about starting a Hispanic work. He said, well, first thing I'd do is call David Galvan. I said, well, providentially, yeah. he's already here. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's what we're doing. So I, I'm, I'm just word. very excited about that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And when does this start? March the 5th. March the 5th. March the 5th. This episode will drop on a Monday, and that is this Sunday, March 5th. Right. So if you're listening, yep. obviously, if it's after March 5th, come on and join us. But mm-hmm. if it's before March 5th, Come and join us on the first Sunday. That's we'll right. Be happy to have you guys. Yeah. And also, Ed, we want to we want to we want to uh, uh, suggest that we've got the uh, the flyer, the invitation mm-hmm. that we can also send to people for mm-hmm. their phones, and mm-hmm. that's what I've done now uh, uh, to a bunch of people. Uh, but the idea is that it doesn't matter that we're in Sunnyvale, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got a housekeeper, you've got a guy doing the lawns. You're going to the store. Mm-hmm. But then the other one was what I mentioned earlier in one of our Wednesday night uh, uh, was uh, was uh, I was thinking about the lighthouse. And I mm-hmm. wasn't thinking about the building. I was just thinking that I ran into a guy out of nowhere that recognized me from 30 years ago. I, honestly, I didn't know who he was. Right. And the guy lives five minutes north of Greenville. Mm-hmm. And he is totally excited about coming. Wow! And I, th- yeah. I thought I, I told him now you do realize it's it's a little bit of a distance. He said, Pastor, I've got family and kids in Seagoville. Mm-hmm. I've got them in uh, Box Springs, uh, Mesquite, mm-hmm. and you know what? We're all coming on that wow. uh, March fifth. That's 5th. awesome. So that's wow. awesome. Uh, I, f- I learned a long time ago. It's not true that wherever we plant, I can reach everybody around me. Mm-hmm. We we want to. Mm-hmm. We want to touch base, but really. It's uh, it's relational. Mm-hmm. People right. go where they have friends and and they're mm-hmm. related and, yeah. and people just want to be loved. Right, right, and that's right. what we what we want to be. I'm I'm excited. I I think this is a great way even for our church to look like the community around us, right. and and this is a great way to do it. And uh, I almost said Dr. Galvan again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank way, you. It's the thank way you. that I've been introduced you. to you. But yeah. as we talked about off air, apparently that's not true. And so, uh, but um, I I'm just exci- excited for your work here and. Um, Really praying that the Lord uh, blesses it, um, and and it is, it, and He provides it to be fruitful for sure. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, David, we appreciate you coming on and uh, getting to know you, yeah. and telling about your past and your conversion and how God called you into the ministry, and then obviously the great work that is ahead that uh, you're going to be doing here at Sunnyvale. Any final words? Hey, come on down. Yes. Pastor, any final words? You know, I learned a lot of things. I didn't know your background with El Chico's. Yeah. Uh, love El Chico's. That kind of got me a little sidetracked what? for a minute. Uh, <laughs> but now you're thinking about going I'm to eat. still yeah. thinking about El Chico's. Um, but so delighted that you're here. Yeah. Thank you for mm-hmm. not just being here for this podcast, but uh, your encouragement, being a part of our church family, and and uh, I see this as as a blessing of the Lord, and grateful that uh, that we get to be a part of it. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Aaron, once again, yep. it's been another great one. Love it. Yep. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time on Life After Sunday. If what you have heard today has been helpful and encouraging to you, then please leave a review with five stars. If you'd also like to request future topics for discussion, then please email us at sfbclifeaftersunday at gmail.com. 
And now a word from Dr. Darren Biles, pastor of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast, Life After Sunday, a podcast ministry from Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. We are delighted that you have joined us today. I want to make a special invitation to you to come be our guest this coming Sunday or any Sunday at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Our address is 3018 North Beltline. We would be delighted for you, for your family to come worship with us. Our Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9 o'clock. Our worship service starts at 1030. We have Sunday school for all ages. We would love to meet you, have you a part of our church family. We'll look forward to seeing you. It is my honor to serve as the pastor, and I'll look forward to seeing you at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Life After Sunday is a podcast brought to you by Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. I'm Ed Petty along with Aaron Allen. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next week on Life After Sunday.